This is Zach Driscoll, and I'd like to welcome you to the Real Men Podcast. To find more Bible teaching and content like this, visit markdriscoll.org. And don't forget to set aside a good chunk of time, because my dad has a habit of preaching lengthy sermons. Please welcome, from the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, Pastor Mark Driscoll. Today! 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 Today, you will make that decision. Today, you will decide what kind of man you are. Today, you will decide what kind of husband goes home to your wife. Today, you will decide what kind of father will raise your children. Today, you will decide what kind of grandfather will influence the legacy of your family into history. I've been praying for you for months. I'm yelling not because I'm angry, but I'm fired up, I'm excited, and I know that when we're said and done, you're all gonna be stronger men. It is a great honor to have you men with us here today. But let me tell you this, there's one man, there's just one man, and there's only one man that we all wanna be like, amen? What's his name? Jesus, the greatest man in the history of the world, the only man to conquer death, the only man to forgive sin, the only man to rescue souls, the only man to alter destinies. We're here to meet with Jesus. We're here to learn about Jesus. We're here to become like Jesus. And I wanna tell you that there is a great misunderstanding about Jesus Christ. I wanna talk today about your emotional life and your relational life. And I wanna start by examining the emotional and relational life of Jesus Christ. And let me start by correcting some errors regarding Christ. How many of you have seen a Christianity that is passionless? How many of you have been to a church that lacks enthusiasm and joy? How many of you, your relationship with Jesus Christ, it is tepid and timid at best? There is historically a reason for this. I wanna get that debris off the runway and then I wanna get us soaring into the will of God. Now, there was, I'll be your nerd friend for a moment, okay? I know I'm wearing boots, I got an 18 inch neck, my dad hung drywall and I drove a Jeep, but I am a nerd in my heart. So for a minute, just let me be your nerd friend. Historically, the Church of England their 39 articles, the Westminster Confession, these theological treatises and tomes, they have taught, and I quote, God is without passions. God is without emotions. God is a passionless and emotionless God. Why this is important is because men become like their view of God. If you believe that God is passionless, then to be godly is to be passionless. If you believe God is emotionless, then to be godly is to be emotionless. New Testament scholar William Barclay says it this way, to the Greeks, which is the language of the New Testament, the primary characteristic of God was what he called apatheia or apathy, which means 
the total inability to feel any emotion whatsoever. Let me say this, some of you, this is how your wife and children experience you. The total inability to experience emotion. Some of you, your only emotion is anger. He goes on to say, if we can feel sorrow or joy, gladness or grief, it means that someone can have an effect upon us. Now, if a person has an effect upon us, it means that for the moment that person has power over us, no one can have any power over God. And this must mean that God is essentially incapable of feeling any emotion whatsoever. The Greeks believed in an isolated, passionless, and hear this, compassionless God. In the ancient Greek world in which the New Testament was birthed, the Greek philosophical view of God, that God had no passion and no compassion, that God had no emotion. Therefore, the highest form of virtue was to be someone who was entirely logical, not emotional, because the thought was, if, if we have an emotional, passionate relationship with someone, then we will react to them and respond to them and that could indicate that this would change us. And let me say this, you cannot change without passion. You cannot change without emotion. And their fear was since God is perfect or what the theologians call immutable, God can't have emotion because then God would be responding to us. Now let me say this, God is emotional. God is passionate. Furthermore, God comes as Jesus Christ. He is the perfect man. He is what normalcy looks like. He is what we should all ascribe to be like. And Jesus is incredibly passionate and emotional. I believe this is the most overlooked aspect of Jesus' entire life in ministry. I looked at the history of the church and I can only find in a few thousand years, a few books written on the emotional life of Jesus. I can find many things written on his parables, his miracles, his teaching, virtually nothing on his emotional life. As I walked through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I found about 60 different scriptures speaking in detail about Jesus' emotional life. Here's what I would conclude. Our savior is not Spock. Our savior is not Spock. Jesus is passionate for you. He wants you to be passionate for him. Jesus is passionate for others. He wants you to be passionate for them. God is heartbroken when we sin and he rejoices when we repent. And God wants you to love the Lord your God with all your heart. What I want today is the hearts of men. I want the passions of men. I want the emotions of men guarded and guided by the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus Christ lived his life and regulated his emotions. Now that's my thesis. Now let me delve into the details. When it comes to Jesus, most of us read the Bible and we familiarize ourselves and are most fond of those stories and vignettes of Jesus that are more like our own personality. 
Emotionally, I want to say that some of you are lions and some of you are lambs. This is where we're going to go this morning. Jesus is a lion and he is tough. Revelation 5.5, weep no more, behold the... You can't say it like that. You can't, you can't say lion. Okay, behold the... Lion. The lion! The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has what? What's the word? Conquered! That's what lions do, they conquer. That's what lions do, they conquer. We call the lion the king of the? The king. Do you know what a lion eats? Whatever it wants. That's amazing. They eat buffalo. They eat elephants. They eat wild hogs. To a lion, the whole planet is a Costco. They'll, they'll eat whatever they want. That's amazing. Lions, male lions, they travel in prides or packs with, with females and with offspring, not with other males. If another male comes around an alpha lion, there will be a war to the death to protect the females and the offspring. How many of you primarily see Jesus as lion? Lion! Some ports of the Bible tell us that Jesus, here are some of his emotional statements. He was indignant. He had anger, he had zeal and passion. Jesus saves a lot of his anger, his passion, his strength for religious leaders, for hypocrites who take grace off of people and put law upon people and enforce rules that God never made. And in one of the most amazing lion scenes of the whole New Testament, Jesus Christ goes to the temple and he sees corruption and what does he do? I recently taught almost a whole year verse by verse through John's gospel. I didn't know this. It says, and Jesus made a whip. I didn't know he knew how to do that. I thought maybe he borrowed a whip. Jesus Christ made a whip. Indiana Jones didn't even make his own whip. Jesus made a whip and then what did he start doing? Whipping people. I'm a pastor, that's my new life verse, right? That's amazing. You can make a whip and whip the people. That's amazing. That's a lion, amen? How many of you, raise your hand, you're a lion. That's you, okay? Some of you, you're like, I'm not sure. Well, let me give you a little quiz. Is your favorite advice, suck it up, get over it, or rub some dirt in it? You're a lion. Is the majority of protein you eat something that was killed by you? You're a lion. Is your trinity Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, and Sylvester Stallone? You're a lion. Have you accepted Chuck Norris in your heart? You're a lion. You're a lion. Some of you are lions, and when you read the Bible, you're gonna see Jesus as a? A lion. So for those of us who are lions, and I'm a lion by the way, that's why I'm yelling at all of you, okay? 
What does the lion say? Okay, so us lions, let's just say it together. One, two, three. Roar! Lions! All the guys who are shaking, you're the lambs. You're the lambs. Jesus is also a tender lamb, amen? Okay, now the lambs said it quietly, but they said it. Good job, guys. John 129, behold the, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, male lions are radically independent. Lambs are social creatures. They hang out together. They're always together. In addition, lions will run into a fight. What do lambs do? They run from a fight, right? They, run, they don't like conflict. What do lambs eat? Grass, they're vegetarians. Just an observation. <laughs> lambs are vegetarians. Lambs are homeless. They're pacifists. They never attack anyone, right? When your kid can't sleep, you tell them to what? Count sheep. We don't tell them to count lions unless you hate that kid. <laughs> count sheep. Because we can't think of anything more calming than a, a sheep. How many of you, you were in church and they said, okay, take the glue, take the cardboard, take the cotton ball, glue it in. How do you feel? Oh, I love Jesus. He's, he's fluffy, huggable, right? So, so, so a lamb is homeless, pacifist, vegetarian. They're hippies. They're hippies. Lambs are hippies. So, hey, I don't write the mail, I just deliver it. This is what it says, all right? So, how many of you are lambs? Lambs, oh, okay, okay. Right, one guy, one kid, just sit back. That's what a lamb, so if you ask a lamb, what do you think about lions? Bad. What do you think about conflict? Bad. What do you think about Mark yelling? Bad, 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 right? When you come to the Bible, you will see the emotional life of Jesus includes being a lamb. It says he has pity. It says he was grieved. It says that he loved. It says that his heart went out. It says that he was burdened. Let me ask you this. If you had to guess of all the emotions listed for Jesus in the New Testament, what is the most common and frequent emotion? compassion. Let me say this, if you don't have passion, you can't have compassion. Some of you who are not passionate men, you don't have compassion for others. The most common emotion of Jesus is compassion. Can you think of anything in the Bible that shows Jesus as a lamb? Tender, loving, compassionate. Right, in one of the great scenes of the Bible, who comes running to hang out with Jesus? Children, children, children. 
Let me say this, if you're only and always a lion, children are not going to run to you, they're going to run from you. That's why some of your teenagers don't come home at night. That's why some of your daughters ran off with their boyfriend. One of the great lamb scenes of the New Testament is one of my youngest daughter's um, favorites. When she was a little girl, I've got a, we got five kids. My three boys are here. The two girls are with their mom. And uh, my youngest daughter has blonde hair, blue eyes. And when she was little, I bought her a Tinkerbell nightgown and she said, quote, Tinkerbell looks like me. So Tinkerbell does look like my youngest daughter. And when she was a little girl and I would tuck her in bed at night, over and over and over, I'd read her Bible stories and she always wanted the same Bible story. How many of you, you read the Bible to your kids and they, they wanna read the same story again? It was always the healing of Jairus's daughter. Uh, there was a daddy and he had a little girl who was sick and dying. And so he went and got Jesus and said, Jesus, please come make my little girl well. And Jesus came to her bedside. Jesus could have healed from a distance and he does that on occasion in the New Testament, but he was there present because lambs understand the ministry of presence. The ministry of presence means just being there makes a difference. You men need to know that you're the spiritual, emotional, relational thermostat in your home. You set the temperature. You being there is a ministry. You being present at the dinner table is a ministry. You being there at the sporting event of your kid, when they look over and they see you, you may think to yourself, I'm not doing anything. That's the ministry of presence. And Jesus with Jairus's daughter, he went to her bedside and that was the ministry of presence. And he spoke to her and he loved her and he cared for her and he healed her. My daughter told me, she said, Daddy, that's my favorite story in the whole Bible. Every night when she was a little girl, I would read it to her. I asked her, sweetheart, why is that your favorite story? She said, I love that a daddy brought Jesus to his little girl and that the daddy and Jesus were both nice to the little girl. How many of you are lambs? You're compassionate, you're tender, you're kind, you're gracious, you're loving, you're safe, you're present, you're empathetic. How many of you are lambs? Don't be shy, raise your hand, okay? Some of you may ask, I'm not sure if I'm a lamb. I'll ask some questions. Do you love driving your minivan? <laughs> no, I, I haven't finished yet, don't interrupt. Even though you have no children. So, okay. Because there, there is a dad exception clause, okay? You might be a lamb. Do you watch Lifetime movies by yourself, okay? Jesus says those demons only come out with prayer and fasting. So we're gonna lay hands on you in a moment. When flying, do you need to check a bag for toiletries? That's funny, unless you're the guy who checks a bag for toiletries. And right now, do you feel like you need a hug because I started my sermon by yelling at you? Okay, you, you're probably 
a lamb, a lamb. So here's what I'm asking, is Jesus, is Jesus a lion or is Jesus a lamb? Yes. Should men who want to be like Jesus be lions or lambs? Yes. I'll give it to you from Revelation 5, five through six. Weep no more, behold the? The lion! It's just fun to say it like that. Of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered and between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. When you and I see Jesus in all of his glory for all eternity, we will see him as lion and lamb. Lion and lamb. Tell you a story. First, let me speak to those men who are lions. Primarily, if not exclusively, lions. I'll never forget, I was maybe eight or 10 years of age. I was a little boy. I didn't know Jesus yet, didn't get saved till later. I went to a friend's house and they had a lot of kids, big family. I knew the boy, I didn't really know his family. So I went to their house to hang out during the summer. And I'll never forget, the dad was there and he had a little girl about my age that was walking by. The dad just made a motion with his hand. He was talking. I'll never forget it. I was a little boy and here's what I saw that little girl do. She flinched. She flinched. She actually took a step back. She recoiled at the sight of her hand of her father. It was a trigger for her. And in that moment, in my soul, in my spirit, it seemed apparent to me that she was scared of him. That maybe that hand had been used to threaten her or to grab her or to hit her or to harm her. And as soon as she saw her dad's hand, she flinched and she recoiled and the look on her face was one of fear. This is what happens if you're only and always a lion. I remember in that moment thinking to myself, my daughters will never flinch when they see my hand. I did a test before I left the house this week and flew out to be with you all. But thank you, Pastor John, I love you with my whole heart. Thank you for honoring God's word in your session and every single Sunday for a very long time. Before I got on the plane, I was in the kitchen with my youngest daughter and she was maybe 15, 20 feet away from me. And she says, Daddy, where are you going? I said, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go preach to a bunch of men, so please pray for me. She said, I will, Daddy, I love you, that's awesome. And here's what I did, I kid you not. I put my hand out like this. My daughter walked across the room. She laid her face in my hand and she looked at me and she said, Daddy, I'll be praying as you teach those men. Here's, (laughs) 
This should be the safest place in the world for your wife. This should be the safest place in the world for your son. This should be the safest place in the world for your daughter. Okay? I'm going to ask for a moment, I won't have you do this for long. Every man who is primarily a lion, stand. Stand. All you lions, stand. To all of you lions, I come on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, women, children, and other men. And I want you to know that God gave you strength not to beat people up, but to build people up. God did not give you strength so that you could harm others, but that you could defend and protect others from harm. You need to know that the greatest threat to your wife is you. You need to know that the greatest threat to your daughter is you. The greatest threat to the breaking of your son is you. You need to know that if you are only and always a lion, you will protect your family from harm and then you will be the one to harm them. You need to also learn to be a lamb. You need to be a lion for your wife, children, family, and those who are in danger. You need to be a lamb with your wife, children, and those in danger. I'll close for you and then I'll let you be seated, but please remain standing. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he was in heaven before he came to the earth, was he a lion or a lamb? He was a lion, but he came down in humility. Here's what Jesus did. He literally got down to our level. He saw things from our perspective. This is how you as a man can grow in empathy and compassion and sympathy. You need to ask yourself, what would it be like to be married to me? What would it be like to be fathered by me? What would it be like to be led by me? What would it be like to be rebuked by me? What would it be like to be yelled at by me? Jesus came down and he humbled himself and he came down to experience what we experience so that he could have compassion and sympathy for us. For you to be like Jesus, you need to be more like a lamb. You need to humble yourself. You need to literally, when you talk to your children, get down at eye level. When I would talk to my kids and they were little, I would literally squat like this and look them in the eye. And before I corrected them, before I instructed them, I would literally ask these questions. Who am I? You're my dad. Who are you? I'm your son or I'm your daughter. How do I feel about you, dad? You love me. My youngest daughter would say, you love me as deep as the ocean and as big as the sky. Of all the people on planet earth, who is for you first in line before anyone else? They would say, you are dad. Okay, I love you. I'm at your level. 
I'm not trying to bully, intimidate, or domineer. I love you. I need you to listen to me. Jesus Christ came down. Jesus Christ literally looked us in the eye. Jesus Christ becoming the Lamb of God to come and take away the sins of the world. He identified himself with us. He saw things from our perspective. And let me just close with this for you lions. The resistance for some of you lions is this. I don't wanna be weak. Let me tell you this, for a lion to be a lamb takes great strength. When it speaks in the Bible of Jesus as lamb, it's usually in reference to what event? The cross. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't fight. He endured the wrath of God. And when Jesus was hanging and dying and bleeding on the cross, he chose to be a lamb, though he was a lion. He could have called down angels from heaven. He could have defended himself. He could have eviscerated not only those present, but all of the cosmos, and he didn't. Instead, what Jesus said on the cross, one of his first of seven words was this, Father, forgive them. Jesus was a lamb being crucified by Roman soldiers who were lions. To silence him, it says that they then took a sponge and they sopped it in wine vinegar at the end of a stick and they shoved it in his mouth. That sponge was likely part of the field kit for a Roman soldier. When they would go off into battle, they would use that sponge to scrub themselves after they went to the bathroom and they would sop it in wine vinegar as a disinfectant. The, the lions crucified the lamb. The lamb had the courage and self-restraint to not respond. He prayed for their forgiveness, humbly, lovingly, meekly. They shoved their toiletry in his mouth and with the taste of their bowel movement on his lips, our lamb continued to practice self-control. It takes tremendous strength for a lion to willingly act like a lamb, to not yell, to not fight back, to not declare war, but to practice self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit. When you go home to your wife and your kids, if you need to, apologize to them. Ask them forgiveness that they live with a lion. For them, the home that they live in with you might be like a cage in which the lion has them cowering in the corner in fear. You ask them for forgiveness and you ask God for the grace to be a lamb. Take your seat. For those of you men who are lambs, I want to tell you a story about another little girl. I had a counseling session some years ago there was a young woman, her dad was a lamb. He was a Christian, he loved Jesus. I would say he had great compassion, mercy, love, grace, long suffering, forbearance, and patience. He was a kind hearted man. He was also the father of some daughters. And I was in a session, counseling session with one of his daughters. Her life had been very painful, had been very brutal. 
when she was a teenager in high school, she was very much a lamb. She was quiet, she was shy, she was petite, she was cute. She was more compliant. That was her own self-definition of who she was. In those years, a young man took an affection toward her, had an interest in her. He, however, was a dangerous lion. Dangerous lion. Overbearing, domineering, intimidating, fear-inducing, threatening, dangerous man. The lion came after the lamb. The father did not respond as a lion. He responded as a lamb. He prayed for her, but he did not protect her. He had anxiety that they were now in a dating relationship but he did not intervene and put an end to the relationship. He would let the boy pull up in front of the home and the daughter go out and jump in the car and did not bring the young man into the home to deal with him. The lion got the lamb. He beat her, he raped her, he assaulted her, he harmed her, he broke her. Many years later, I was meeting with this young woman and I said, have you ever expressed your disappointment or your anger or your frustration to your father? She said, no, I have not. So I called him and I said, I need you to come to my office. We need to have a meeting with your daughter. I sat them down, I prayed, he prayed, he loved Jesus. I asked her to share her story. With tears in her eyes and trembling in her voice, she explained to her lamb father that the lion beat her, that the lion raped her, that the lion assaulted her, that the lion stalked her, that the lion had broken her. And then in a moment, there was a flash of a lion in the heart of this young woman. And she said, dad, I'm so angry at you. And the lion, the father said, and I quote, I don't know why she's angry at me. I didn't do anything. And this lion said, the problem! You said nothing! You did nothing! And the lion devoured your lamb. I want you lambs to stand. Stand. You lambs need to know that there are times that you need to fight.
There are times that you need to protect. There are times that you need to speak. That surrender is not a spiritual gift. That apathy, indifference, and passivity is not why God put men on planet Earth. It is a wonderful thing for you to be a lamb with your wife, but when you go to work, she needs a lion to pay the bills. It is a wonderful thing to be a lamb for your children, but with this fallen, depraved culture, this corrupt, nonsensical world, with this predatory environment in which our kids are reared, with the reality of Satan and demons, there are days and ways that you need to be a lion. You need to speak when something needs to be said. You need to act when something needs to be done. And when a lamb is about to get devoured, you need to get in the middle, especially if she has your last name. Passivity is sin. And praying when you should be acting is sin. Some of you need to not only pray, you need to rise up and answer your own prayers. Be the provider, be the defender, be the leader, be the protector. When Jesus Christ comes again, is he coming as lion or lamb? Lion! Revelation 19 says that when all is said and done, Jesus came the first time as a lamb to die on the cross for our sins. He's coming the last time as a lion. It says that he will be wearing white, riding a white horse. You old guys, you all know in the Western, the good guy wears white. That he is riding on a horse called faithful and true. This is the Lord Jesus. This is the lion Jesus riding into human history. It says, when all is said and done, that a sharp sword would proceed from his mouth with which to slay the nations. You need to know that when Jesus is done, the bullies, the thugs, the abusers, the rapists, those who are domineering, overbearing, those who are hard-hearted toward God, they lack passion and compassion, that ultimately they will meet the greatest lion in all of eternity, and when he roars, none will be standing in his presence that Jesus Christ is coming to establish a kingdom that is ruled by a lion who will protect us and a lamb who will provide for us. The kingdom of God will be ruled by the Lord Jesus Christ who will make sure that we are all safe forever and he also will wipe every tear from our eyes. I'll close with this, everyone stand. God gave you two hands. Every time you see your hands, I want you to remember this moment. Look at your hands. Close one in a fist. Leave one open. You know what this is? This is you being a lion. You know what this is? You being a lamb. So you raise both hands up. Pray after me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being a lion. Thank you for being a lamb. Lord Jesus, teach me to be a lion. 
and teach me to be a lamb. Let me be a lion for my family. Let me be a lamb with my family. Holy Spirit, give me passion to be like Jesus, a lion and a lamb. Amen. Love you.